We are the Morning Jam. We're so privileged to have Brad Huddleston in the studio. He wrote The Dark Side of Technology, one of the books that I have at the house. And this one, Digital Cocaine, A, a Journey Towards Eye Balance. Sorry, I couldn't get it out. Um, Brad's in the studio. He brought a couple of those uh, books for Digital Cocaine. We're going to give those away in just a little bit. So uh, keep our text number handy, 434-248-0704, if you'd like a copy of Digital Cocaine. Brad, welcome to the studio. Yeah. So good to see you. Good to, good to meet you. Yes. We were talking the last time I was with you. I was overseas right. and dialed in. So it's nice to meet you face to face. It is nice to meet you face to face. I remember that very well. Mm. Brad, you and I met at a conference a number of years ago. I sat in on your on your talk and I was working for an organization at the time, Proven Men. And we were talking about, you know, some of the addictions through pornography. Uh, you addressed that. And, and I've told plenty of people your your chapter on pornography in the dark side of technology, you take a different approach than most people do. Mm-hmm. And I found myself, after reading that chapter, praying for the women that are in that industry because you bring out some of the abuses. It's just horrible. Yeah. And um, we're not going to talk about that necessarily. I want to talk about, uh, though, addictions, and that, that does involve, obviously, pornography. But uh, I shared, I don't know if you were listening on the way in, that uh, you exposed the, the, the term FOMO before it became hip to say FOMO. A thing. <laughs> yeah. Before it was a thing. Yeah, yeah, before it was a thing. And you shared an illustration of, and, and I don't know if you remember the illustration about going to the pastor's house and taking the daughter's phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, unpack that a little bit. And, and I know that was just one instance, but it's so broad uh, that it happens with a lot of young people and adults for that matter. Yeah, we were, I was at a house full of people. Uh, it was a pastor's home. It was having a, a, just a social gathering. And just as a test, I walked up to the daughter and a uh, very sweet girl. I mean, you know, I'm, I love these kids, as you do, but, mm-hmm. you know, you want to hug them and choke them all at the same time sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. But, uh, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> but I just casually walked up to her and said, sweetheart, may I see your phone? And she she gave it to me. Most mm-hmm. of the time they won't because right. they're hiding things. She did. Right. I just stuck it in my back pocket, never looked at it. Never used it, nothing. And I just watched her start to have anxiety, mm-hmm. which is a, it's a withdrawal. She was having right. a you know neuro, neurobiological withdrawal. Right. And after a while, uh, she just couldn't take it anymore. She came up to me and she goes, can, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I please have my phone back? And it was like an asthmatic breathing on wow. her. You know, and I was, I, was telling, <laughs> I was telling Mark a story. I was uh, teaching a Sunday school class. And this was, uh, you know, this was a child that was old enough to be disciplined enough to go 30 minutes without looking at her phone. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, I need, you know, I need everybody's phone. Just everybody put your phones on the, on the table here and give me your attention for 30 minutes. And she had an absolute meltdown, mm-hmm. an absolute meltdown over it. Yeah. And that's what we ended up talking about that day. Right. Anytime you're that attached to something, that's an idol. And where I come in is going to sound harsh, but in solving the problem, it's not her fault. The drug pusher are the parents. Mm. So what you're – and I'm not calling them a drug pusher because I'm I'm just trying to open the eyes is all I'm trying to do. Enabler. It is. But they don't know it. I mean, most parents have no idea. When this tsunami of technology swept over us, nobody knew about these unintended consequences. Same with cigarettes in the early days. Mm -hmm. People were getting stress relief because of the dopamine released from the the tar and the nicotine and the tobacco. They had no idea cancer was being caused. So I have a computer science degree, so I judge no one. But the reality is we have unintended consequences now. So you have to 
if you're going to solve the problem, you have to live in the realm of truth. It's the only thing that frees you. Mm -hmm. So who buys the devices? Who buys the data? Who buys the plans? Who, you know, it's the parents. But the problem is the average age of a video gamer last year in the U.S., it was 35 to 44 was the average age range of a video gamer. It's far worse than the young adults than it is and the young parents than it is the teenagers we always point at the teenagers social media addiction same it's far worse in many cases with the mothers than it is the daughters and it's bad with the daughters so the parents have to deal with their issues uh before you can deal with the kids but we've too long viewed this as a metaphor we say addiction as a metaphor when it comes to digital addiction but the reality is when you look at the brain scans Mm -hmm. Those brain scans are, are identical to cocaine addiction. That's why we call the book Digital Cocaine. It's not a metaphor. It comes from fMRIs. All right, let's now let's talk about mm-hmm. that for just a minute for people who don't who may not know what you're talking about. Right. They may be more familiar with some studies that came out not so long ago showing how sugar impacts your your brain. So and that's heroin. Done, right. uh, brain brain scans mm-hmm. with with heroin. This right. is what your brain looks like on sugar. This is what like and it's it's crazy similar scarily similar yes and how addictive it it can be so what you're talking about is is very much the same only we're talking about cocaine and the addiction to electronics right and and heroin also shows up a lot with digital addiction and with pornography addiction as Mm -hmm. mark was speaking about when you look at those brain scans that screen addiction is what that is Mm -hmm. when and these are spec scans that i often show uh, from dr daniel amon's clinics but those are, you know, in a drug in the drug world, people will use cocaine sometimes to get high, and then heroin to come down. Mm-hmm. When you mix the two, right? Well, that's what the brain scans of a porn addict look like. Mm-hmm. It's a polydrug effect. So the scans, you know, when I wrote the dark side of technology, it was easy to poke holes in because we only had psychology back then. Right. Then when neuroscience stepped in, which is what I started to follow. Mm-hmm. The scans just were so clear. It only pretty much ticks people off, but they can't argue anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I have been relying on. And uh, I'm in collaboration with the neuroscience division at the University of South Africa, work with law enforcement in Australia. And it's taken me all over the world. Uh, but but the motive is to solve the problem. Technology obviously has a place. I, I want to be clear about that. Mm-hmm. We're probably being podcast. At least I saw the link on your website right. where this, and I sent it out because mm-hmm. I want people to listen. Sure. sure, that's the good use. Nobody's going to come to you and go, "So, Mark, I'm so addicted to your radio show online." It's a good use. We get in, we get mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. But the line for people to be prayed for or ask for help for video game addiction, social media addiction, porn addiction are 10 miles long. But, you know, nobody's ever come to me and said, Brad, would you please pray for me? I'm so addicted to Word. I just can't stop <laughs> typing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, these things are that are good. We get in, we get out. Mm-hmm. And we don't stay in long enough to get addicted. But I, I'm sitting here with a tablet. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so to make sure when I quote these numbers to you, they're accurate. Right. And so it's a good. But nobody's going to. I don't get addicted to this presentation mm-hmm. right um but but the tv is a different problem uh or netflix and right some sure of well and, and let's talk and about all. let's talk about uh too um you know you're talking about pornography pornography can be very destructive mm-hmm. to relationships mm-hmm. but so can uh platforms like uh instagram and facebook i mean there have been so many marriages destroyed mm-hmm. because of technology People reconnecting with old flames mm-hmm. and going out to places like 
um, Ashley Madison mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and where you've got married people looking for other married people to have an affair with and then families are just blown up right. because there is a you know you might be you might not be the kind of person that would go out into a bar and try to meet somebody and pick somebody up but you might have a lot more courage behind a screen yeah because of the you know anonymity uh, i hope i said that right the anonymous <laughs> nature of it mm-hmm. um last week the big controversy was uh from the left well now that roe v way is going to be overturned uh you you better fight back because hookups uh, are going to be you know next <laughs> you know they're right. really concerned about that well where are they hooking up grinder right. tinder mm-hmm. all these things so exactly right people who normally wouldn't go out in public and shame themselves, gladly do it behind closed doors. Same uh, thing with pornography. Used to, yeah. you know, you would have to go through, you'd have to actually go to one of those right. stores. Get the paper bag. Or you would ha- mm-hmm. Right. Or you would have to do something by mail order. Right. Or your chances of getting busted were much more. And it's just not that way. I mean, it is a click away yeah. from pretty much anything you want to see. Mm-hmm. And, and the Gen Zers uh, who might be listening to this, to them they think we're so old-fashioned because they they have no frame of reference of a of a brown wrapper around a magazine none Mm -hmm. of that their whole world has always been click yeah point Mm -hmm. click Mm -hmm. and so to them it's a duh thing to us we're still marveling right you know at our age but you know just to show you the pervasive saddened by the by the fact that it's so normalized it is normalized so much so with the porn issue we had a, a speaker in at home in a meeting from one of the local pregnancy centers, as you should, and we're supporting them. Mm-hmm. But I just stood up and said, you do realize, I was speaking to the audience, that pornography is driving most of what she has to do. Mm-hmm. And the, the director shaking her head, yes. Right. I'm going to get on a plane and, and go to Africa. Uh, I was just asked to keynote at, at an Africa sex trafficking conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in Cambodia uh, ministering to missionaries, NGOs, who mm-hmm. deal with that. That whole industry is fueled by pornography, right. mm-hmm. where children are being sold, and at young adults too. But pornography is driving all of that. Right. Uh, we right. filmed the, the documentary, on, uh, the, the bonus section rather, to Digital Cocaine, the mm-hmm. DVD that goes with that out in um, somewhere in the middle of the country. The, the officers I was working with, the sex trafficking division, why? Because pornography, that's what's, that's what's driving it. So, right. And it's, it, it really comes back to the phone. So that's the medium, and right. that's where we're going to have to deal with that issue. I've often said the only way this is going to actually be cured is one of two ways. If we have an, a great awakening for those who might be spiritual, mm-hmm. we've had you know four of those in this country. We mm-hmm. need a fifth one. Mm-hmm. Um, but if the electricity were to get cut off, it would right. it would cure a lot of this. Sure, we'd have we'd have a lot of I'm serious a lot of psychoses and suicides in the first two weeks. You would you'd see mass mm-hmm. problems. Right. But then the heads would start to clear. People would discover yeah. that there's a well, let's thing talk, called Earth. <laughs> let's talk about that for a second because yeah. of the detox. Liberty literally has a detox. Dr. Elect- Sylvia Hartfree yeah. runs that. Yep. Yeah, detox center up on campus mm-hmm. for people struggling in this area of their life because they're trying to you know get their degrees or whatever, uh, social media, so on and so forth. Let's talk about the, the detox because what is that, what is that uh, time away to where you start clearing up your mind a little bit? The, the terms that are used, I'm writing a book about this. It's the follow-up to Digital Cocaine. It's called Digital Rehab, subtitled Digital Detox and Beyond. So it is very similar to coke addiction, mm-hmm. and so the treatment is going to be similar. You, you cannot, 
the three words that people typically use when that when I start talking about rehab, they go, "Oh, Brad, it's all about balance. It's all about limiting, and it's you know, technology's neutral. It's how you use it." If I were to walk up to a cocaine addict and say, "You know what? It's really all about balance. Why don't you cut it mm. from three lines to one, mm. and only do that on Saturday if you've been good during the week?" Right. But, you know, you cannot get over drug addiction and continue to take the drug once addiction has set in. Mm -hmm. So the withdrawals are going to be similar. There's going to be psychological problems. Um, There's going to be, particularly with with digital, it's going to be a lot of anger and aggression, particularly if they're video gamers. Mm -hmm. They're going to explode. So it's not uncommon for kids to tear up their bedrooms, tear tear up the walls, you know, just trash everything, beat their head against the wall. Not to mention cutting Self-harm is huge. There's a digital component to that that I give lectures on and what happens neurobiologically and why they do that. So we're in a mess, Mm -hmm. uh, and there are no treatment centers like there are in South Korea. South Korea has 400 dedicated digital detox rehabilitation centers. Right, because that's the gaming capital almost of the world. Yep, China has a bunch as well. China's clamped down. Of course, they can do that. They're communists. They can just flip switches and say no more, and of course, they have a social credit system, and they can track you, and Mm -hmm. they can just punish you at will. So. That's where we are. We don't have any help here. It's all voluntary. Yeah. Well, when we come back, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more about steps that we can take as individuals. Maybe you're not addicted, but maybe you do need to cut back, and uh, maybe we can give some tips on on how to make that happen when we return here on the Morning Jam. Thanks so much for joining us on this Wednesday. I'm Janet Rose. He's um, Mark Lamb. Yeah, Brad Huddleston in the studio. He is the author of Digital Cocaine. We're going to give away one of his books now. If you'll ta- text Janet 434 and just say digital cocaine, I want the book, and you're the first one to do that, we will get that book to you. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday. The Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. on the Morning Jam. It's hump day. We got Brett Huddleston in the studio. He's the author of Digital Cocaine, a Journey Toward Eye Balance. I would highly recommend this book, and you could have a, a free copy given to you today. We have one more we're going to give away, 434 When we put the word out and you're the first one to text us, we will get that now, book Allison to Allison has won our, our first one, Allison, so we'll to, get a copy of that to her. Way to go. Um, so we were talking off the air about how you know even people who don't use technology that much might be addicted and don't even know it uh several years ago i went to a camp to cook for the kids at this at this uh uh, bible camp a summer camp and i was gone for a week and got there no connectivity there was no cell coverage there were i mean there was nothing there there was one stump that i could stand on and i could send a text to my sister and tell her that we got there okay everything was fine um for the first couple of days anyway I had severe anxiety. I had um, anxiety and worry about not having that connectivity. Uh, I was very annoyed uh, that I that I didn't have the connectivity to it, um, and I literally had to counsel myself mm. during those few days. You're fine. The kids are here. You know where they are. You know you don't have to. You know have your phone with you all the time. You know, when you were a kid, you didn't even have a phone, that uh, that kind of thing. Then by the end of the week, I completely did not care 
that I didn't have my phone. Peace is a wonderful thing, isn't it? <laughs> well, it was very it was very odd. Yeah. It was a very odd mm-hmm. thing because when I got home, I l- literally did not care. And what? I even did a post on social media about it. Do you realize there's a generation that have never experienced that one week of peace that you just described? Mm. <laughs> I mean, we have a we have pre-internet brains, so we can remember a time Mm-hmm. So we had something to draw from when we've detoxed at our age. Right. But we have a generation now that has never experienced that. So they're on medication for it. Right. And it's it's a sad thing. And and with the metaverse, I'm getting ready to write a since I finished the detox book, I'm going straight into a book on the metaverse. I, I've written academic just ri- just wrote an academic essay that was published for Globe Ethics about artificial intelligence two point Of course that has to do with the metaverse and also web three and that's another subject. But my point is the amount of brain stimulation that we have in a 2D world now with our 2D screens mm-hmm. is about to exponentially increase with VR or virtual reality and augmented mm-hmm. reality. And I am genuinely, genuinely, given what I do, right, and I, I'm also a minister, so I actually care about people, I am gravely concerned. The biblical worldview rates for those in the West who have a biblical you know, worldview is down to 4% with the millennials and Gen Z, and it has to do largely with social media. So if you can imagine what we're about to go with Facebook having changed their name to Meta, mm-hmm. uh, and then they're going to subsidize the Oculus Rift VR goggles, we're about to enter into a, a whole different level of brain stimulation that yeah. nothing is known about it. I mean, right. absolutely nothing, except so far it's not good. Right. We know that. So that what, so so why is it not good? Tell us tell us some examples of, the, of that. Other than I have vertigo and they make me sick as a dog. <laughs> but thirty uh, yeah. percent of people suffer in some form with those goggles, whether it be vertigo, whether it be motion sickness. That's sort of, well, that's oh, what that yeah, is. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, what what makes it particularly insidious? If I could just pare it down to one thing, and it's the current problem that we have: the brain, when it is stimulated, whether it's through alcohol, cocaine, or whether it's screens. You have a massive jump in a dopaminergic or dopamine response, which is the pleasure chemical. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with it until you know the levels get too high. So you can imagine in a 2D world, we're way overloaded. With the goggles, it's going to pump out way more. So once you get too much dopamine, the brain develops tolerance, just like to alcohol, just okay. like to anything else, resistance. So it takes more and more and more and more. Yes. It's, it's to, the... Something I heard you talk about years ago, it's that threshold. Yeah. That threshold keeps getting higher and higher yeah, and, and higher eventually and pretty shut soon. Down. We're going to fall off a cliff. Yep, and, so, you, you, and you will. So the goggles will accelerate the dopamine production. That's mm-hmm. at its simplest form, not to mention the content and the morals that all come right, with that. Sure. But if you just want to, even if you're an atheist listening to us, your child is going to receive too much dopamine. And even though you're an atheist, their brain is not going to be protected against too much dopamine. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have a severe drug addict on your hand. Yeah. hands. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this real quick. Uh, and I wish we had more time. Um, what are your thoughts on, I, I found that for a lot of kids who have been into that digital world, when you take them out of that and you introduce them to things like nature mm-hmm. and painting and music and things of that nature, uh, that it has a way of resonating with them in a completely nuanced new way mm-hmm. that they've never experienced before. Do you do you think that even stands a chance at, at reconnecting these kids? If you 
ha- have a child that has never experienced and they're bored they just keep saying i'm bored right right they have a dopaminergic barrier in their brain that has to come down before they can even begin to experience nature and enjoy it yeah you can stick them outside put a book in their hand print it on paper remember paper and they <laughs> will not enjoy it whatsoever until a, a period of detox happens like what you described and in them it's going to take about four to six weeks to, to test to see if they can do that we're right. going to put some links on our yeah. facebook page thank you so much for joining us we appreciate you we're going to give you. away that other copy of his book digital cocaine text janet 434-248-0704. Brad, thanks for being here. Thank you. Appreciate you guys.